all right, all right. <laughs> Lay LK at one year. So hone it down, bring that street geek and nerd soul. What is up, my people? Today, we got a special one. We're gonna have some fun. Look, you know, you can see on the screen, you see the title and all that stuff. I'm not by myself. All right. We we we're glad you're here. You're in here early. You're on the replay, you're in the live chat, whatever, but you made sure to like, subscribe, and all that jazz because we have two esteemed guests. All right, in the bottom square, Thaddeus, introduce yourself. Good afternoon. My name is Thaddeus Haas, and I am a writer of speculative fiction. <coughs> I am a journalist, a podcaster, a gadfly of social media. I write pretty much anything that suits me whenever it suits me, and don't care what you think about it. <laughs> That's, I guess that's the best way of writing. And then right over here in the top left square, I'm, sometimes it get confused. What, look, that's Stephen. How's it going? Steve, Steven, excuse me. It uh, it's fine. Hi, my, my name is Stephen Barnes. Uh, I'm a novelist and television writer and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I am really happy to be here and hopefully something useful will come out of the conversation. Yes. So uh, I was uh, speaking to you guys offline about how both of you had uh, some posts about Marvel MCU, but I've talked about this in a greater generality amongst kind of genre entertainment, but in the MCU about black men, also about uh, Black Panther 2 and Wakanda Forever. And um, both of you were hitting these great points that in a video about a week ago or so, I was trying to kind of you know articulate but i don't think i was like really hitting it um <laughs> the way that i probably should have but i it, it's something that i could feel like even when they did um the trailer release for black panther uh they tweeted the trailer from chadwick boseman's account and that there was a feeling that i had where i'm like they tweeted from a dead man's account to sell a movie like i don't know I don't know how I feel, and maybe maybe I'm tripping, you know, because sometimes my antennas be hot. But I was like, I was like, I didn't know how to feel, and it's those kind of things that I was trying to kind of like articulate in different vi different videos and different uh, conversations. I'm sure they did about... it with his family's permission. His yeah, image yeah. is all over the movie, and so it, you know, it is, you know, there is legacy. You know, there is one of the things I can I can look at all of this with. You know, from a rosy set of glasses, and 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 see how every decision they've made could be justified from respect. But I can also look at this with my other my my horns on. <laughs> kind of say, you know, <laughs> there are some of these decisions they they make the exact same decisions if those decisions were made by racists and misandrists. So you know, it's I you know I contain multitudes. Okay, okay. Now I'll start off with. Uh... Steven, I'll start with you. You had a post uh, that said, uh, the context of my disappointment with the Wakanda Forever trailer is that as of this moment, 100% of the black men in the MCU are eunuchs. Uh, and while it may be unconscious, I do not believe it accidental. If you don't find this disturbing, you'll just have to pardon me. Um, before, before I ask you to, to you know, kind of expand on that if you want to and then throw it to Thaddeus as well, I was talking with uh, Jason Reeves on a video. This is back, back with talking about um, Star Wars, and, and I can't remember that 
character's name, Finn. Talking about Finn in Star Wars. And I was like, why are we always like mad asexual and everything? Like it's, it's like this idea where it's like, I just want to be really good friends with everybody. It's like, because even for someone on the outside looking in, my wife was watching this, um, uh, watching the movies, uh, you know, all three of the new Star Wars. And she was like, were they supposed to kiss there? And then there was another moment where it was like, were they supposed to kiss there? And it's like, yeah. If this had been another character that was most likely a white guy, they would have kissed. I mean, even look how they threw the the Raylo stuff in, kind of like shoehorned it in at the end of the movie. So then when you throw it to these characters in the MCU, which isn't super far removed, it's still genre entertainment, you know, sci-fi, action, kind of fantasy, kind of stuff going on. Um, you have a lot of characters that we don't see, we don't see them with like wives or girlfriends or even like interested in anyone. And I mean, I guess Black Lightning did it, but then they kind of, Lynn was an issue, but at, at least you had someone who was like very, it's like, hey, I, I have relationships with women. Like, it's like, like, because you see Tony and he very clearly has a relationship with a woman. You have um, Cap, even though, you know, of course, you know, he's young and she's old because he, you know, he's still there. May I suggest that you use something more objective? Okay. Who, who got a kiss? Who got to kiss a woman? You, the objective, I don't care. It's not about, you know, whether or not you liked it or she was pretty. Just use that as an objective standard, in which case none of the surviving black men in the MCU have had a kiss and all of the white heroes have. Every single one of them. The MCU is the, the 30 movies plus the episodes of the Disney Plus stuff. If you look at Did that set, which is more than 100 hours of video... It's a large enough data set to look at it. Not a single black man has had a single kiss, and all of the wow. white heroes have. Has did T'Challa never <laughs> kiss the kid? Did the, did yes, yes, he did, kiss but he's dead kid? now. He's oh, yeah, dead. He's right. no he's longer so, alive. They killed him. Because, they killed yeah. the only one. So um, what I will say is that back in the 1980s, uh, Die Hard 2 came out and I was watching it in a movie theater in Westwood, California and um, before the movie came on they had a coming attraction for Mo Better Blues Spike Lee's movie with Denzel Washington Classic. they had a scene on the screen where Denzel Washington is making love to a black woman and because I am an evil human being Instead of looking at the screen. I decided to turn around and look at the audience I was the only black man in the audience all of the white guys in the audience leaned back away from the screen all the women wow. in the audience leaned forward toward the screen every one of them and it was at that point that i decided wow. let me say what is the simplest explanation for this what if i i hypothesized that the that when two tribes are in conflict the males of tribe a will be turned off by will be averse to depictions of or actual mating behavior in the males of the of the opposing tribe okay that that they will they will feel uncomfortable in a way that is very different from the way they feel comfortable and attracted if it is a male of their tribe engaged in mating behavior sexuality let's say kissing 
based upon that, I then took a look at the movies that had been popular. You know, and mm. a successful movie is a movie that earns over $100 million at the box office. It was back in the 80s. It would actually be more than that now, but I still use that number. And what I found was that about 17 to 20% of movies that earned over $100 million had love scenes in them. About 20% of movies that earned over $100 million had stars that were people of color. But those two circles did not overlap that none of the movies that starred men of color had love scenes in them. And purely statistically, there should have been, uh, I forget what it was, there should have been about 10. There should have been about 10 of those movies that where, where they, because it should have been 20% of whatever movies were there. So I said, this is a valid, this would seem to be a valid statistical filter. It was not until 2015 that there was finally a movie that earned over $100 million with a black man having a love scene, and that was Creed. Creed Two was the only other one. The only other movie that starred a person of color at all where the man had sex was Crazy Rich Asians. So now Crazy Rich Asians um, and Creed One and Creed Two are the ones that made it across $100 million where a non-white male has sex. Non-white females have had sex in many movies, but in every one of them, it had to be with a white man. So mm. I, I, I will stop right there and turn it over right, to that Thaddeus. That, he, he hit the pointer figure, so. The difference between Steve and I is I notice these things, I just don't care. And, and the reason I don't care is because ultimately... They don't care, you know, Michael Jackson, they, they don't care about us. They don't. They don't want to see us. They don't want to talk to us. They don't want to interact with us. They definitely don't want to promote the idea that we have agency. They don't want to support the idea that we can be, should be, have been as heroic as they have always painted themselves. For them and their movies, heroism is a thing unique to them. They can only be the heroes. They never allow anyone else to be a hero, uh, not without sacrifice. Like if you're a black <laughs> yeah, guy, and you're gonna <laughs> and you're gonna save somebody. You know, black guys save people. Like there's a series, the 4400. There was a black guy in this series who dies to save some white woman he does not know. And I said to myself, "You are all white writers because I'm going to tell you a secret. There are no black people who will look up and see a thing about to happen and say." I should sacrifice myself for that white woman and my family. Oh, well, they're just going to have to live without me. No, that's not going to happen. I'm going to look at this and go, hmm, can I save us? If I can save us, then yes, I will do that. Otherwise, ooh, God, I wish I could have done something. And then that is the truth of <laughs> us. I'm just keeping it real. Just keeping it real. So when we talk about heroism, we're always put into this idea that we have to sacrifice and be heroic. We have to die to be heroes. And therefore, we are removed from the equation. So yes, I, I recognize what Steve is talking about. That's the that's the long-term sexual death, where they remove us from the equation over a long period. Yeah, but there's I two, look there's at the two ways to exterminate a species. One right. is by killing them. The other is by preventing them from mating. There you go. So we're doing the same thing. He's just looking at it from the long-term perspective. I'm just noticing that we tend to die saving white people. Anybody remember T-Bone? Oh, is it T-Bone? No, oh, man. Don't get me started on that show. See? You, but you understand now. You feel me? Yes. Okay. 
And matter of fact, if you look through all of The Walking Dead, I wrote an article on that very thing, that many of the heroes, the black men heroes of The Walking Dead, died saving what? White people. So well, that's the, the thing the, I'm talking about. There we go. I remember watching that show, and somebody was like, oh, you don't watch it anymore? And nope. I was like, okay, at first, it was kind of a running gag that like there can only be like two black people on this show. But then it got to the point where I was like, bro, I can't watch this thing. And the, it was the guy, Cuddy from The Wire. I can't remember his name in the show, but Cuddy, he was in The Wire. Um, and the, he goes to save the baby, and they lock him out of the cabin, and there's like mad zombies out there, right? And he beats them all down with like his bare hands, and he comes in, still saves the baby. Then, like a couple, like five episodes later or something like that, one zombie, <laughs> one zombie by itself. <laughs> Lonely old zombie takes him out. I was just like, now can, can compare done. that to I, Glenn. I can't do it no more. Com compare that to Glenn. They had a couple of Korean writers on the staff. As a result, Glenn was surviving all sorts of zombie attacks. So Yo, that's Glenn, Glenn the reason living. I care about this is that I'm looking for the nature, the, a map of the minefield. My intent is to get through there and to get that television series or that major motion picture. What I have to do is to understand what, where are the sharks? What ways do the tides run? Where are the mines? What is the actual nature of the territory that I'm traversing as opposed to what I am told it is? So I have to look at the shattered bodies, I have to look at these things, and I look at images in popular films as the invisible hand of racism in the audience. That, that what they enjoy seeing on the screen, that's what they really are. That's how they really feel. They can say anything they want. But if I look at the films that earn over $100 million, that says wide acceptance by white audiences. And by studying what is there statistically, I know how they really think and feel. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, definitely, I'll definitely agree with that because there's so many times when we, we kind of get, it's weird, we get like this, what I term we what I term the Fox News playbook, but in movies, like it's it's like we get this weird like the way it plays out. It's just like like I see how you're trying. Like this is we're supposed to all be happy about this. Come on, but come on man! I kind of see how y'all the Fox's viewers were birthers, sixty percent, according to their statistics, their test. So it's like you know I I understand what I'm dealing with. I don't. The only thing that stops me from, from hatred is the fact that I connect it to uni what I consider universal human drives. There's nothing special about them. But it is a matter of, how do I play my hand? How do I play cards here? This is the hand I was dealt. I'm not playing against the deck. I'm playing against the other people on the board. And if I understand what is real better than they do, I can beat them with their own marked cards. That's that's interesting. You're not playing against the deck, yeah. Because because the idea is here's the you're playing against the deck. You just gotta get out there. You just gotta get out there and work hard. You just need you just need moxie. You just need you know just your no, you need moxie, so That's all you, you don't need. Just, you just need moxie. You, you need <laughs> moxie. You need aggression. You need focus. But you also need to understand the real principles that you're playing with. Yeah. And the because... people who are successful are the ones who are playing by the actual rules of the game. In other words, if Sugar Ray Leonard beats Marvin Hagler, 
he knew what the actual rules were. He knew what the judges were looking for. If you think that it was about a knockdown or something like this, then you missed it. The same thing with with Hillary Clinton losing against Donald Trump. People saying she got more votes. So what? That wasn't the game. Don't you understand that was not the game? That the game was to win the electoral college. So if you don't understand what the actual rule is, then you can't win. And I am set up psychologically, I'm going to win this game or die trying. Period. Period. There is no third choice. I'm going to win this game or die trying. You know, And that means doing it in my terms, being happy, taking care of my family, having fun along the way, but playing for blood. And to understand that, that there are a lot of people who will lie to you about what the game is or are deluded about what the game is. And if I can, you know, if I can embrace it and look at it as sort of good, evil fun, what's really mm. going on here? And looking at the way people vote with their dollars is much better than sitting across from somebody who then says, but I want to see Denzel have a love scene with Julia Roberts, Let, you know, or Denzel having a love scene with Halle Berry. Why did that never happen? It's disgusting. So you got to understand what the rules really are so that you can then leverage yourself and weaponize your skills and your energy. So that's why I pay attention to these things because it's telling me what they really think. All right. Now, uh, Thaddeus also had a post uh, where he was talking about kind of like a matter of perspective. And uh, I was going on about black men in the Marvel Universe because we have like Nick Fury, we got um, uh, Sam Wilson. We got well, we did have T'Challa, but we got um, uh, we got War Machine, and that might be. No, we had him. Well, okay, so so what happened was this this <laughs> post here's here's a kick. This post is two years old. So when I wrote All this right, post yeah. ago, nobody really paid it a whole lot of attention, and 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 I get it because at that point T'Challa was still alive. Uh, Falcon was Falcon. Uh, War Machine was, you know, getting his 10 seconds of fame every two or three movies. And Nick Fury shows up, barks a few orders, and we never see him again. And so, you know, my point at the point I wrote this was that three of these heroes are not like the other. And that three of them have limited amounts of agency because they're basically servants. They are not in control of their destiny. War Machine did not create his armor. Tony Stark did. All right? So when War Machine needs new technology, he's got to go to Tony Stark or whoever is fixing the War Machine army. Uh, same for uh, Falcon. He didn't create the XO7. The government did. And while he is the supreme user of it, and, and trust me, if you watch uh, Captain America, not the, is it the Winter Soldier? I think the Falcon show. No, no, it's the last one. Uh, the last Captain America movie where the Falcon gets to really shine. He is amazing in this thing, but he did not make it. So he is its most talented user, but he is a supplicant. He must follow the orders of the government who empower him. Nick Fury. Nick Fury is in charge. But really, is Nick Fury in charge? Not really. Nick Fury is the guy that points the weapons the government tells him to shoot at. And when the government said, well, you know what? Your weapons suck. Nuke New York City. Nick Fury is like, excuse me, 
uh, I'm confused. Did you just say New New York City, the center of like economic and social commerce in the United States, <laughs> the world? As a point of fact, uh, fuck you. No. So we're gonna go and get my team, and they're gonna find the way to solve this problem. And if you don't let them, I'll just break a few rules. You notice Nick Fury didn't lose his job, right? What's the first rule? Better to beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission. So Nick Fury said, I trust my people. I believe they're going to do the job. He gets the job done. But we don't get to see Nick Fury do anything except that one scene where he saves the day, sort of. It's My whole complaint was if I looked at those three characters, then look at T'Challa. T'Challa was the whole sandwich. He was powerful, beautiful, yeah. talented, capable, loved. They loved him. Everyone who worked with him loved him. And this was apparent. It wasn't like, you know, this begrudging thing. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll, I like the Black Panther short of. No, these people did all but throw themselves at him every time they saw him. And he was the same way with them. How many black men do I get to see so fully developed, so fully, richly beautiful, where he is loved and beloved and skilled and talented, and that the people that he hires are just as capable as he is. The Dora Milaje, magnifique. Actually, they almost, they're almost better than him, but there's more of them. Yeah, they, they scaled him down, you yes. know, th that he That's did right. not, he did not, you know, in, in the casino scene. That's right. He's better than Captain America, right. but the way he was hitting people, it was not what Cap, that was not Cap level. They That's scaled right. him down to make Nakia and Okoye look better. That's right. And I'm okay with that because, like I said, the, 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 the nature of what I wanted to see was the synergy. Captain, I mean, the, the Captain America has no synergy. He's alone. What Black Panther offered us was a, a synergistic social experiment that said, we are great. We're not just individually great. We're collectively great. And I felt that I had never seen this done so well and i think honestly that's the thing that made people really feel it we got to be good looking from soup to nuts anywhere everywhere socially culturally uh the the joke of starbucks still it still lands with me we don't do that here you know we need a starbucks but we don't do that here and i just love the whole the nature of them made me look at them and just and even his enemy uh umbaku umbaku's like yeah that little cat. Yep. But I liked him. He was cool. He was a pain, but he was cool. And I and I will do what I can for him, even while I oppose him at a, at a principle level. But I love him. And I, that, to me, just made Black Panther the thing I had never seen before and probably will never see again because we just don't seem to be that lucky. But when he died, when, when Chadwick Boseman died, I was like, okay, damn, that's rough. I love this brother because he was sick when he was filming this movie, but he was still in it. He was in it to win it. And he died doing this. He believed in it. And I was okay with that. So my experience at that point was let's recast that brother, but, but you know, black Panther should not die because Chadwick Boseman did. And their answer was maybe he should. And I was like, wow. So that made me look at this post again and bring it back up because I had the question, why is it the only brother with agency? The only brother with with heart, the only brother who's connected, who had who had a support system, who had a way of living that we all should aspire to. Why is that brother, the free brother, the one that's dead and cannot be recast? We recast War Machine. Don't think we did. You do remember there was another Man. guy that was War Machine. Recast him. so fast. Terry Howard. 
Yeah, Mr. Howard, the one that wanted a little bit too much money, who valued himself a little bit too much, and he got replaced by a guy who doesn't even look like him, and nobody blinked. Yo, nobody. We, we never even questions. said a word. I remember, I remember doing a quick pod like y'all could have tried to like match tones or something. Like y'all even, like, y'all. didn't even try. But that's my point. We recast him and we didn't say a thing. It was as if it just happened. It was, it was movie magic. We just are just they're actors. You know what's funny? They were just actors when they were replacing War Machine. When it was time for Chadwick Boseman to be replaced. Oh no, he's an icon. We can't just replace him. No, we just can't do it. Did you notice, Thaddeus, the number of white people who basically were saying, they didn't come right out and say this, Chadwick Boseman is the only black actor they ever actually fully accepted as a human being. You know, that, that when they talk about, you know, mm -hmm. I just can't see anybody else in that role. He was just perfect for it. It makes me wonder, who else have you been able to identify fully? That he got past their filters. He yep. got past their filters. He made them feel it. And they can't see themselves feeling that way about another black actor. Ain't that something? That's a, that, that's that's a problem for me, and that's part of why this post was written. When I when I wrote it, I, I felt it, and you know, and it, it's it's very similar to the previous post about the the Walking Dead. It's it's the same argument. We lack agency. We lack freedom. We lack the opportunity mm -hmm. to be ourselves. But I felt in the MCU, it's more of a problem because. Comics, this is a problem in comics, okay? You know, most people don't know a lot about comics. I, I study it all the time. It's literally my job. Um, the characters in the comic universes are primarily white because comics have an 85-year history. So if you go back in the publishing industry 85 years ago, you know what you didn't see a lot of? Black people. You didn't see them writing. You didn't see them drawing. You didn't see them working in those industries. They were pushed out of those places. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't black heroes because there are, there's several of them, I've discovered them over the years, who did come into existence, but they just never had the longevity of any of these others. The point, though, is when DC and Marvel started trying to produce black characters, they were produced by white writers. So they were still white characters, just in blackface. They really weren't black characters. I mean, Sweet sweet Christmas, really? Come on. Have you ever heard anyone say that in, in, pub, in the public, ever? Even when I first heard it as a child, I was like, what? What? Who wrote this? And I was a kid. I didn't like it. So as I watched these characters grow and develop, I began to realize comics weren't for me. They weren't written for me. They weren't looking at me and saying, I am writing comics for little black kids. No, you really weren't because the number of black black superheroes you ever created were few and far in between. And when they were, they started off as what? Criminals. Anybody remember the Prowler? Anybody remember, yep. uh, what's my other boy? Uh, Rocket Racer, uh, <laughs> these guys both started off as criminals who got turned by Spider-Man. Well, Luke Cage was in jail, was Luke, in prison. Luke Cage yeah. was in prison. I mean, so this is this is a message. It's it's a subtle message. It's a message most of us might not get, but it was a message <laughs> that was clear that we think of black people and black skin as black criminality. And that is the nature of comics. And it's almost always been the nature of comics. Moses Magnum. Another powerful black villain. That, you know, when we show up, we show up as villains. We are color-coded as the bad guys. And because the writers are white. And the few times when you have a black hero who isn't weak. I mean, you ever notice that the black heroes also have no powers? You ever notice that? Come on now. Let's look at them. Besides Luke Cage, 
Nick Fury, no powers. Rocket Racer, no powers. The Prowler, no power. All technology. I call them the League of Janitorial Heroes. They built all their stuff in the basement, just like Spider-Man did. They just didn't have any spider power. Not janitorial heroes. Though. Yes, I called them the League of Janitorial Heroes. Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, on the point that uh, you talked about, you know, them saying like, oh, I could never see someone in the role. It was just so, so awesome and so beautiful. And, and there's the experience and all that. And... There was a post um, by Lathan Morell, and I'm probably, probably sure I'm screwing the name up. I apologize. But um, saying that not recasting T'Challa for me reeks of Black exceptionalism. It feels like a direct reflection of the idea that Black people, in this case Black men, are so generally incapable of doing well that when one does, in this case, the amazing performance of Chadwick Boseman, it is considered to be an exception, a weird fluke that cannot be recreated. Um, I guess I'll throw it, throw it off to Steven uh, before I kind of Okay, like then what I would say is that there is a scenario in which they simply could not bring themselves to do it. Okay. And so my thought was this. If you cannot do that, then you have to maintain the same balance of male and female energy that you had in the, in the first movie, which was already almost overbalanced in his own film. There were three positive black men in that movie and about a dozen positive black women. All that they've done is they've removed two of those positive black male images. Three of the powerful black male images, if, you, if one includes Killmonger, so that we have a couple of shots of M'Baku well, one, the, the most the clearest shot is he's standing in a relatively passive scene while you have the women behaving in an active in an active context. Now, this is problematic in the sense that we already have nothing but but black eunuchs among the black men. I mean, the fact is that Halle Berry as Storm in the X-Men never had a relationship. She never had any connection to anybody else. So they kind of did her, too. But I think that when you, you know, once again, all you have to do to exterminate a species is either kill them or disrupt their mating patterns. So where were the men who were the masculine equivalent of the Dora? Where were the men that, that one of those Dora would want to mate with? I mean, if you look at the natural world, you don't see warrior women who do not expect their men to be at least as great warriors as they are there's no culture anywhere in the world like that you don't there's no culture you have kings you have queens and empresses but you don't have them having armies full of women because there are certain realities about that stuff now you can you can say that it is a positive thing to have women moving into those images. But when white people are making the decisions about that and they're not doing that in their own movies, then I I reserve the right to say, there's something else going on here. You like this image for some reason. There's something about this you like. And I can promise you that anywhere in the world, pre-firearms pre at least, a group of male warriors who comes across the fact that comes across a tribe and that tribe's best fighters are their women those men are going to lick their chops it's like it's miller time i mean <laughs> it's like really your guys are that weak really oh please you know so so i can't celebrate that 
Totally. And looking at the fact that there are a lot of women who are celebrating that, you know, we're having an opportunity to watch women being so powerful. What are you? Know, are, are you are you a misogynist? Do you hate women? I actually had women try to throw that on me. It's yeah. like, oh, kiss my butt. You know, if you if you have had a relationship with a black man that is as good as the one I have with my black wife for as long as I've had it, then you can say that you that you have an equal amount of love. But you can't say that you have more love for black men than I have for black women unless you have that and you don't have that. So my my attitude is not about that. It's about something else. And I am not comfortable with the fact that if they were going to kill T'Challa, they could easily have said, okay, we will bring up M'Baku. We will bring up this other black character here. We will have that, that energy match. Instead of that, if you take a look at the trailers, it's all about women. It's all about women's energy. So they are literally, as far as I'm concerned, they used the excuse of Chadwick Boseman's death to do something that on a gut level a primal hindbrain level, they wanted to do anyway. That they accidentally, in Civil War and Black Panther, they accidentally did more than they intended to. And they are now correcting the error. <laughs> I, uh, I, I have thoughts, but Thaddeus, do you have anything to add on to that? Or? Where are the Hatuts that I say? Where are they? You know who they are, right? Just like the Dora Milaje protect the king, Hatuts that protect Wakanda. Right. Right. The, the, the Dora Milaje are not the army. Right. They are his personal They're guard. His personal guard. The Hatutsarate are the secret police, the arm, the, the military arm that goes out and interacts with the world and spies on everybody and brings back knowledge for Wakanda to use for its, its own purposes. We hear about them. They don't actually mention them by name, mind you. We just know that yeah, that's who those people were. Yeah, I mean, where's, where's the army? But we don't see them, and I felt like that was a that was an oversight that didn't have to happen, and we could have had more opportunity to deal with that. And I just felt like when I locked when I watched that last video or watched the trailer, I was like, okay, you know, I'm okay with this. I can watch this. I recognize what they're doing is they're they're taking advantage of the 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 death of Chadwick Boseman and using it as an opportunity to hopefully showcase more of the life of Wakanda. In, ide in an ideal world, that would be what we would do. We would see more Wakanda. That's when I first wrote my essay, you know, the most important thing about Black Panther to me was not the Black Panther. The most important thing to me was Wakanda. I was wanting to see how they would talk about it, how they would demonstrate it, and how they'd rationalize it. Because one of the first questions somebody asked me was, why didn't the Wakandans go out and take over the world and, you know, stop the, the slave trade and all that? And I'm like, that's a lot. You know, when I thought about it, I thought about it and said, well, why wouldn't they? And the answer I came up with was for them to take over the world meant that they they would have to do to everybody else what white people were already doing to everybody else. They would just have to do it to white people. And they decided in, in what I consider to be a, a, a very wise perspective that that wasn't the role they wanted to be in. They did not want to be the police for the world for the rest of all time. That just didn't make sense. Because let's face it, you know and I know white people would never accept being subjugated. They just wouldn't. And so if the Wakandans thought like we do, they looked at them and said, they're never going to accept being subjugated. So our choices are subjugate them or kill them. Are you prepared to do that? And some wise king or queen of Wakanda said, no. 
Okay. That's not you know, our job. You know, my attitude was what we have seen in the Marvel Universe, if you look at Tony Stark and you look at other things, Wakanda has the best technology, but it isn't that much better. They're better. But it's not like you're comparing Wakanda technology to real-world technology. You have to compare Wakanda technology to other technology within that world. And yes, they're better. Maybe they're 5% better, 10% better, maybe. But the fact is that everybody who thinks about could Wakanda have done it is thinking about technology versus technology. What Killmonger showed was the way you take Wakanda isn't to fight their armies. You use psychological warfare. You use psyops. Killmonger took them down in a day. In a day, if Wakanda yeah. had come out of, you know, in, in open, they would have been, it would have been Wakanda against the rest of the world, and Europe simply would have found the way to take them apart psychologically. The rest of Africa would have found the way to take them apart psychologically. They were right to stay hidden until there was enough of a, let's say, United Nations, so that the kind of action that happened in Kuwait, where you simply go in and take what they've got, couldn't happen. That it, they, to me, it actually made sense for them to stay hidden. That, that as strong as they were technologically, psychologically, and socially, they were as vulnerable as anyone else. And so, you know, how do we come out into the world? To me, it was a valid set of questions. I liked it. But everybody I've heard talking about, well, Wakanda could have done this, that. They're looking at the technology. They're not looking at the fact that that technology is can't be compared to ours it has to be compared to a technology you know in, in which there are suits that people can put on that make them fly and other kind you know it's a comic book world of technology uh in our world it would have been current american technology against american tech against american technology 30 years ago okay they, they were they were ahead but not that far ahead and they're tiny tiny so, you know, to me, it may, you know, I, I, I get, I get the, 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 the problem that they have there and the question of Wakanda and, and how they operate and how they're going to survive. You know, it was, they did, what, what Thaddeus said is dead bang accurate in that what we saw in T'Challa was the only fully fleshed, fully functional black man in the Marvel Universe. And the easiest way to look at it, he's the only one who knows his own name. Hmm. everybody else is taking the name of the white man who used to own them so just starting right there he knew his name his religion his culture his song his gods his ancestors he knows all that if if a, if a, a an asteroid had hit europe wakanda would still be exactly what wakanda was and i just you know it it's it, that how do you destroy that how do you take that down the same, you know, they did, they've done, I could be wrong, but judging by the trailer, what they did is the cinematic version of what the world would have done to Wakanda if they had discovered it. Killed all the men. Yeah, you kill, you kill the warriors. The women, the women then have two choices. They either turn to each other and, and, and you know, as lesbians, or they date men outside their gene pool. They start dating white guys, specifically. They have no third choice because you have depicted the men as being weaker than they are. And sisters, I mean, sorry, women women go, they, they're attracted to power, naturally. They're the ones who have the babies inside their bodies. When they're pregnant, they can't fight and, you know, fight animals and fight wars once they get, you know, past 
month six or something like that. There's a reason why you see those patterns all over the world. In essence, they you know the in terms of representation and the image systems, they just destroyed Wakanda. Now, that uh, I wanted to talk about the point of uh, kind of like disrupting the mating and everything. We we immediately saw once again it it's been hopping up probably more hotly over the last 10 years and definitely over the last five. But once again, right on cue, here come the gender wars. And like I've let people know on my uh, gender wars. Okay. Uh, So, and I've let people know on my channel, look, you come in here with the gender wars, you're getting blocked. But it's come like, look, we need each other. But of course the gender wars come if you're like, hey, man, we should have recasted T'Challa because his story isn't done, and we don't have like you know like we were saying the the examples of you know like uh, for these little kids to see their own hero, little black boys to see their own hero, it's like non-existent. But then if you say something, then it's like somehow it's kind of like a Pepsi or Coke thing. If you're like, hey, we should recast the child, then immediately you hate them, um, or immediately you don't want them to shine. You know, you don't want them to, you know, you don't want there, them there are to plenty of life. women who wanted T'Challa yeah. recast it. There, there are plenty yeah, of black yeah. women who wanted it recast. It's not something universal. And I would be willing to bet without any data that if you looked at the women who wanted him recast, as opposed to the ones who are pushing the door in Malaje, you would find more of the, a higher percentage of the women who wanted him recast in healthy relationships with men. I would bet anything that you would. And I will say that knowing that I could get piled on about. But I'm sorry, you know, just like there are men who do not respect and do not love women, there are women, there's just as large a percentage of women who are resentful of men. That 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 the you know, misandry and misogyny are two sides of the same coin. They reflect unhealthy people who've had unhealthy experiences and are blaming the other gender for their crap. And to to go off that and, and another point that you made about um, just like having Wakanda there, having the Dora Milaje this time, and you know uh, the examples of like you know I guess you could say like black manhood or black masculinity. On one hand, I look at it because I have a I have a young one, so I have a four year old. And when you look across the landscape of like you know like Nick Jr. and and you know PBS Kids and you know whoever else has like little kid stuff, um, you know Nickelodeon or whatever. It is rare that you see a black like like little bit. Now I know people can feel whatever they want. This is not an argument on that. I don't have time for that. All right, but like there's no little bit. We have we have uh, videos with um, or shows with like young black girls, um, young Latina uh, girls or Hispanic whatever. It's not a diss. It's just I'm just using the term that I used to use. Um, there's a young girl on PBS Kids. She's like um, in Alaska, so she's native to Alaska, like the Native Indians up there. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's all it's kinds of It's disproportionate. It's not a total shutout, but it is disproportionate. Thaddeus yeah, is trying to. He he, he has something he wants to say. Doc McStuffins is is the is the poster child for young black women characters that have for for quite some time now pretty much dominated the airwaves. If you try to find a young black male, yeah, anything, it's pretty much non-existent. I know that because yeah. I have a young black male who watch television all the time. And one of the things that I noticed when I watched TV with him, because I'm that parent, <laughs> I didn't see any young black men. 
I didn't see any. I and I noticed it. It, it was noticeable to me. And you know, my kid doesn't care. He, he doesn't matter yeah. to him. But I know he doesn't care because I am his positive role model. I am always there with him. I'm always working with him. So if he doesn't see one on TV, he doesn't care. But I remember being that kid growing up and asking, where are all the black men? And there were none. There were never any. And when they were, they were so, so much a stereotype as to be not people. They were not people. I mean, I love a man <laughs> called, no, really, I love a man called Hawk. I love Shaft. But they are not people. They are stereotypes. They are not fully fledged, fully loved, fully enriched, fully engaged men who other men want to be like. They are men men fear, maybe men they want to emulate, but there's nobody that says, I want to be a cruel, misogynistic bastard like Shaft. Nobody wants that. You might like him, you might respect him, but you don't want to be him because he's not a fully fledged, fully developed male stereotype yeah and that's the difference and so well, there it, are no or so few it's it's annoying that there are so few men but i love doc mcstuffins it's it's the one of the cutest little cartoons i've ever ever watched and i enjoyed it and when my son watched it he was like dad it's big stuff this time i'm like okay boy i'll be right there he loves that little show and that little black girl was his thing that was his jam but it would have been nice if we could have looked around and found just as many shows about little black kids little black male kids who are doing things, experiencing things, talking about their feelings and involving themselves in the fuller, rich, psychological, emotional, personal life that that character. Well, think about the cinematic version of the thing you have to do if you have slaves. You have to kill the warriors. Otherwise, they will fight you. Right. So the first thing you do is you kill the most aggressive males. You also impregnate as many of the women as possible. That Now you've, you're bringing them into your tribe. You basically have eunuchs and women who are sexually available. So if, if, if we're looking at these movies, and these movies are funded by and the ultimate decisions made by white males, you're going to see their fantasy, their fantasy of primacy, their fantasy that they are the most attractive, they are the smartest, they are the best. Every, you know, every males of any group want to have that fantasy. You can see that in the film of any, of any people. You know, Japanese people don't make movies where Japanese men are out compete, competed by white guys. They don't. They're not gonna do that. It, they're the ones. They're the studs. You know. Yeah. You know. Bruce Lee. We are. You know, we Chinese are not sick men. That you know. That was that was an earthquake of movement. That's the male energy is. You know, John L. Sullivan. I can lick any goddamn son of a bitch in the world. That's that energy, and they loved him for it. Muhammad Ali says, "I'm the greatest," and I'm they the wanted greatest. him taken apart. Mm -hmm. So there are ways in which Muhammad Ali was the first fully functional black man in American culture because he did the typical egotistical male thing of, I will crush you if you get in my way, and he survived. But he also did crush them. So yes. That, yes, that, he didn't did. yeah. that, yeah. that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. He made it work. He made so, it work. He got so in there. He was the, there are ways in which he was the first. Everybody else was doing the please be nice to us. You know, I am intellectual. Mm. I will appeal to your humanity. Muhammad Ali is, I'll break your face. And and that male energy is half of what it is to be a human being. Okay, It is not a fully human thing, but it is a male thing. A human being is both the male and the female energy. Women are no more human than men. They're part of that. They're the masculine energy, the male, the feminine energy, and you combine them to create real human beings. So Shaft might have a lot of sex, but he did not raise his children. He did not have children and, and, and become mm -hmm. that thing. 
okay, to be to, to do that nurturing thing. So if you encourage people to be shaft, you're still breaking the reproduction cycle because he may pass on his genes, but he ain't passing on his memes. All right, now, get, good point. To go on that, I want to talk about a little bit more about the, the young ones because, of course, you know, we all... You know, we, we reach back into our youth. We enjoy it now. We enjoy it as kids. You know, our minds are blown when we're young and stuff like that. And um, Alikia Spain says, I'm mad because T'Challa was regal, strategic, tactician, and brilliant scientist that boys could look up to um, uh, and inspire to and to be inspired to be like. And I don't think, I was, I was saying this when I couldn't really articulate it well, but I don't think Marvel expected Black Panther to hop off like it did. Now, how could you? They, you can't predict a hit like that. I don't you cannot they, predict a hit and, like that. And what I mean by that is the look across the landscape on young black boys' faces, especially the ones that we hyper-criminalize from school with excessive detention, suspension, office referrals, whatever you want to call them, expulsion, you now have captured their imagination from someone who is not has no criminal element about them smart uh dignified integrity uh restraint uh charismatic um uh slow to anger you know like all all these awesome things you know and you have these young black boys that we want to criminalize as soon as possible and get them in the pipeline but now all of a sudden their eyes are hooked on something else they're excited about something else. Their, their eyes aren't looking at what you might have thrown on some other TV show or something to show them, hey, this is what you are and this is what you're going to be. Now they're like, no, look, I can be this. And I'm excited about this. And I, I honestly think that when the passing happened, they were like, okay, we can kind of use this as the moment to kind of curtail some of this mess. You know, like... We can we can kind of slow some of this mess down because they got a little too hyped. They got a little too happy. They got a little too proud of themselves. And it's glad because we made money. But we also want to make sure that, you know, we don't have these guys growing up too happy, too proud, too heroic, you know, okay. on their right. own. Well, hold on now. So now I might be tripping. My answer is behind. There were 17 movies before Black Panther. Okay, we're all on the same page now. True. 17. And all of those movies were led by what? White men. Yep. When they made Black Panther, it wasn't because they thought it was going to make a lot of money. What they did was they had recognized they had had a whole bunch of movies and nobody in those movies was a person of color or any significance. And so when they Black Panther showed up and people tested positive like, People like this character. They they like they, they they gravitated to him. So maybe we'll allow him to have a movie. But there were 17 other movies before that. So hold on now. The reason Black Panther worked is why? Because it was blackity black, black black, blackity black black. <laughs> True that. Okay, let's keep it real. It was made by a black director. It was costumed by a black woman. The designs were made by black people. Now, granted, there have been questions about how those designs were appropriate. It didn't matter. They were black. They were blackity black. And as a result, the resonance comes back from those movies and people said, oh my God, this feels so good. I feel so included. I feel like I could be a part of this. 
thing that I have watched from a third-party perspective. Because let's face it, if you're Black and you've watched the Marvel Cinematic Universe up until Black Panther, you're like, yeah, that Captain America, he's a pretty cool guy. And, ooh, that Hulk, he's destroying everything. And Iron Man, you drink way too much. Thor, oh my God, your hair, it's just the best. That's what. That's how you're looking at it. You're you're not really in it. You're just kind of watching it. Black Panther showed up, and we were like, mm, "Wait a minute, this we're looks like go on." I feel, I feel <laughs> I just go on. I feel interested. And then he shows up, and he's beautiful, and he's smart, and Wakanda is beautiful, and everybody is wonderful, and you love everybody. I mean, you know what? I Killmonger has issues, but a brother was still fierce as fuck. Fierce. He was yeah. fierce. He yeah. was that angry black pride that we all have. He is and the, he had he had one of the best lines in the movie that right. everyone black was like. That's right. We all know that feeling. So yes, Killmonger was wrong, but he was right. He yes, felt, yes. He felt right. He felt like, you know what? If I had to go this way, if I had to go this route, if I had to be this person, I'm going to be Killmonger. Because Killmonger put it down. He did not ever, ever hesitate. He didn't care who you were. He didn't care how close you were. He didn't give a damn. Killmonger had a mission, and he was going to accomplish that mission. So we had this dynamic tension of we can be together or I can have it all. And that tension is awesome. And that made a movie that, with all that other black love and black power and black solidarity showing up, made something that Marvel literally didn't know what they were fucking with. They just did. They saw they this had and no idea. Like, Holy cow. And wait, then it made lots of money. Not just a lot of money. Lots of money. Wait, not just a lot of money. Crazy amounts of money. And then it had the nerve to go and win a what? An award. Not just an award. Two or three awards. The only awards the Marvel Cinematic Universe has managed to acquire. Whoops. Oh, well, now we have a problem because what Black Panther showed was ultimately that Marvel was leaving money on the table. Not just leaving it on the table. Throwing it out there just forgetting well, it. Because Hollywood was leaving money on the table. Th 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 that's true. But that's the whole point is that they was like, we, we just left money on the 17 movies and only a couple of them have ever done quite as well. What are we doing wrong here? So that's why phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so much more colorful than all the previous phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's by design, not an accident. The problem is the people that made the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe popular are racist, bigoted assholes. Pardon my French. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. They are. And the reason you know that is because when you look at the social media around Black Panther, when you look at the social media around the arguments, whether Black Panther was a good movie or not, people will absolutely tell you, ah, The Dark Knight was a better film. I liked it better. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And if you were Black, you certainly didn't. Because in The Dark Knight, you don't see any Black people. So... <laughs> You feel me? There might you, be you, one dude in the back somewhere. Huh? But, but you know what? Listen, I, I sit here and I watch these films because I love comics. And then I watch these films to see if they're going to figure out that other black people love comics and that they could, instead of promoting the racist history of comics and making it purely a white thing, that they could take this century, the 2022, and invite the rest of us into the heroic myth that we should all, we all deserve a chance to see ourselves, to be represented, to believe that we can be heroic. I grew up heroic, regardless of whether there were black superheroes, because I'm a heroic kind of guy. My mom was heroic. My mom is a heroic figure. She, she made me believe that I could do anything and she did anything. 
And so I grew up with that belief, but not all of us were so blessed. And I believe that Black Panther transformed an entire generation of young Black minds in a positive way. It, it, it's an earthquake, a seismic shift in how people, young Black people, see themselves, feel themselves. And I don't well think... Well said, Thaddeus. And with I, that you, said... You I did not disappoint, Thaddeus. No. <laughs> and I think to, to add to that, the only thing I think I add to that, I think there are people that get paid a lot of money that are in decision-making you know, uh, seats and chairs and roles that said, this man cannot be the face of the MCU. This man yeah. not cannot be, will not be. Must not, no, must not be. Mm, must, must not, not. yeah. Captain America is the face of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, I, think that, uh, I think that it, there, there is conscious stuff, but I think most of this stuff is unconscious. I really do. I think that even if people don't think that they have these attitudes, they have those preferences. It's that leaning back away from the screen. They didn't know that they were doing it. And if you said it to them, they would say, no, I didn't, until you showed them the video. At which point they'd, they'd like, say, oh, oh God. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. You know, that, that the history of America doesn't make sense unless there is such a deeply entrenched, unconscious attitude that people, because I don't think people, you know, people want to be good. They, they don't want to be racists. You know, they, 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 so this is why they define racism in ways that does not include them. Uh, I think that, that what, that the, uh, oh, that the lady who wrote in made that comment about what T'Challa was in the comic books, Supreme scientist, Supreme athlete, Supreme leader. They took away his, his science so that his, it was his sister who was the genius they took away a lot of his physicality because we can see we bet bet without the herb okoye probably kick his butt <laughs> with the herb you know with the herb yes he's the black panther but he wasn't that much better than her even with the herb from what we saw them battling more or less side by side in the casino after his death what they have done is they've taken the rest they've taken the rest of his primacy away from him in the in a way that you know one of the one of the ways I'd look at it is if if Gail Gadot had died between Wonder Woman 1 and 2 and in Wonder Woman 2 they'd made it about her brother <laughs> now you're you're dealing with a very similar thing and it was about his brother her brother that and his friends. never happen. <laughs> exactly it would never ever happen it would never ever never happen so what we have here is a situation <laughs> where black women who looked at Florence Kasimba in Civil War saying move or be moved. I watched black women in the theater who had no interest in comic book movies suddenly no a cheer. Scooby take. It's like But those strong women, I have known many badass strong women, what they yearn for is men who can can hold them and cherish them and fight by their side. None of them are looking for men that are weaker than Without them. Diminishing. If they look for men that are weaker, no, they're going to look for other women. So it's like what has happened here is pleasing to people who I'm afraid are not our allies in ways that I am not mm. comfortable with and I am not willing to shut up about. Because I don't give a damn. You got nothing. You can't hurt me. Right, <laughs> and I have noticed now. Tanana Reeve and I are making some really interesting inroads in Hollywood. 
I have noticed, and I have said this, that all of the money that we've made in Hollywood have come from PC, POC men or white women. Every single meeting, every single meeting, and I, so it's like, oh, that's the game that we can work around the white males who are standing there saying, well, you know, does it have to be, do, do they have to be black? Even on an unconscious level, by, by connecting with the, the, the males of color and the black women who have sacrificed much in their lives in order to get into those positions, and they are yearning for connection, for partnership, for models for their children, you know? And some of those women are gay black are gay black women. They have brothers, they have fathers. If they ever had a healthy relationship with a man, then they understand that balance. But just as there are men who hate women, there are women who hate men. Some of those men and women are black. Right. Well, uh, with that said, guys, we have we have been on here for quite some time, and I don't want to hold <laughs> you guys forever. Um, uh, my, my, my weekend is mine now, brother. I, I'm back on my time. It's all yeah, absolutely. You know, Thaddeus, so, I, I want to say something that um, you are the product as advertised. I uh, really uh, enjoy the way you think, my brother. <laughs> I, I want to thank both of you because... I knew I was like I'm feeling away and I'm thinking away, but I know I'm not I'm I'm not there. You posing for him? You showing? Yeah, he's doing T'Challa poses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he said he said Captain America go left and Spider Man go right. This one. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. There you go. You know, and to know that T'Challa T'Challa beat Bucky and Bucky beat the the snot out of Cap without his shield. Pretty much. Yep. So, yeah, you know, T'Challa, without his cat suit, made Bucky run like a bitch. I remember uh, being in a conversation right after the movie. Uh, we did a podcast, and I was like, I'm like, you know he was wearing, like, jeans and some regular shoes, right? Like, he, he was just wearing, he was, like, going to the store, and he beat Bucky. Like, you, like, he, was like he was like, you know what, let me, let me go to the mall real quick. He was just wearing a T-shirt, some jeans. And he was still able to handle the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's right. Wanna, you know, and I so mean, it's, of course, you know, it, we, we all felt we that. Had, we were all like, yeah. We've had a tragedy here, but but you know something? You can't put the scrambled egg back in the shell. The genie is out of the bottle. There is, and don't worry, it's all going to be okay. But the Black Panther was just enough ahead of the curve that it conned me into relaxing my guard. I dropped my guard. Then came Infinity War. Then came Captain Marvel. And I saw what they really wanted. It's like, and I saw that the unconscious drives that connect to racial identity. Uh, and um, it's okay. It's okay. This is why, and I want to do those things. This is why I've been watching the market. So I can figure out how do I play my cards? How do I win this game? I cannot play the game the way people tell me the rules are because they will lie because that's either what they want to believe the rules are or that's what they want me to think the rules are so that they can win. The game was not meant for me, but I'm going to win it anyway. Well, I'll say this. I'll throw it to Thaddeus first. Final thoughts and where can they find you? This is not the end. I have an article about Marvel, about comics in general on Quora. 
because that's where I write a lot of my stuff. Uh, and it was talking about why comic books have become more racially integrated. And ultimately, the answer is because if you're a company that doesn't want to write to the world as it is evolving, as the mindsets of people are changing, as the primacy of white thought is slowly being replaced or at least diminished, then you're a company that wants to go out of business. And DC and Marvel, though they're comic companies in and of themselves, are less economically viable. They're almost just a feeder for the movies now, which is unfortunate because if they were willing to take a few more risks, hire a few more people of color, diversify their bullpens, maybe shuffle some of that senior staff that seems a little bit out of touch, they could still be making money. Because you want to hear something funny? The manga industry of Japan, one comic book, one manga from Japan, sells often more than all of the Marvel or and or DC Universe simultaneously. So comics yeah. haven't gone out of they haven't gone out of business. They simply have gotten out of touch. And I think as long as they stay out of touch, they're never going to make the kind of money they used to make. That you know, Fawcett and DC way back in the day sold a million copies of Superman and Captain Marvel, and it was the thing to do. Today, they're lucky if they break a hundred thousand of any of their popular titles. I think Batman's the only one that does it regularly. So it means that they've fallen from grace because they've stopped thinking about they they've let a tiny segment of the population dictate what they create. That tiny vocal, loud, vulgar white section that says, you know, oh my God, you cannot make Thor a woman. Why not? It's not going to last. It's just going to be for a moment. Why not let us have some something new? I love Jane Foster as Thor in the comics. And I loved her in Thor, you know, Love and Thunder. I, I think that was a great movie. I think that if you look at Thor as a character... The character evolved beautifully. And I know they, they they have issues with humor, but I think that Thor needed humor. Thor tried to start off all Elizabethan and stuff and just, it wasn't working. So taking it toward humor really gave us a chance to see a character who had an opportunity to be better and grow and, and evolve. And so I feel like comics have failed to do that. And they're failing to acknowledge that you and I exist and that we and lots of other people like us want a chance to see ourselves better. And I think that's a loss. So if you're looking for my writing, I and I write pretty much of it, right on uh, Quora.com or right on Medium.com. Uh, most of my stuff, however, shows up in Facebook first and then migrates to other places just because I write something pretty much every day and I make people angry all the time. And I show up in <laughs> 20 different magazines and I've got 14 or 15 different anthologies. I even published a couple of books of my own. I write a lot. I'm always writing. But I think what I'm always really doing is trying to understand the world. And part of what I do is I write to see if I understand it. And if I write something and I share it and people go, oh, I don't I don't agree with that at all. Then I have to go and look at what I'm thinking and say, OK, let me analyze this. Let me write it again or write something else about it or expand it in the comments. And then what I discover is that sometimes I didn't understand what they were pointing at. And I'll rewrite the article, put it back up with my new knowledge, and I feel better about it. And so... Quora, uh, Medium, Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at, at Ebon Storm. I'm occasionally writing, saying something there from time to time. Um, I'm pretty much everywhere. If you search for my name in a, in a web browser, H-O-W-Z-E, you will find me. I take up the first 10 or 12 slots without even trying hard. I am a crazy prolific writer, and I intend to become more prolific now that I'm paying my bills as a writer. I'm liking that part. So that's been really nice. Uh, Steve. Congratulations. Hold on, hold on. Steve, 
thank you so much because over the years, because you know, I've known you a very long time, though we didn't talk for many years after Arch Alsarian Games. Um, you've been very supportive and you know, you you you're constantly out there, you know, beating the path for the rest of us. And and we appreciate that, though we may not always talk about it. So thank you so much. I am honored. I'm honored. Um, 40 years ago, I saw that the world was going to have to change before I was able to tell the kind of stories that I wanted. And I needed to find a way to, you know, could I be healthy? Could I be happy? Could I live a good life and still be ready when that moment came? It's the question that, that all warriors have is, can I be ready for that moment when it comes? When I took a look at, at the little boy, your little boy there, Michael, um, <laughs> to me, that's what it's about. It's not about me. I've had a wonderful life. I achieved everything that I wanted to achieve as a child and more. And, and, and what I need to do now is to prepare to have a good death, really. And the part of that is asking, did I leave a trail? Did I make it easier for my tribe? And I have many tribes. I have the tribe of martial artists, I have the tribe of science fiction, I have the tribe of black people. My tribe is basically anyone who believes in imagination and the human heart and is willing to be part of the process of creating a better world. Um, I People can find me at lifewritingpodcast.com, Tanana Reeve and I, my wife Tanana Reeve, um, are, are doing a lot of different things in a lot of different arenas. Uh, but we talk about it on our podcast, lifewritingpodcast.com. We also give contact information for all the stuff that we're doing there. So drop in there and you'll find out more. And uh, thank you very much for creating the opportunity for us to talk about these things. Like I said, hey. can't put the genie back in the bottle. There is nothing. If you believe in equality, there is nothing anyone can do to stop us anymore. Because the more you put us under pressure... The more heat you create, heat creates steam, which turns the turbine. The mistake that white racists made, the reason that they're absolutely going to lose, is they define whiteness as pure whiteness and nothing else. One drop of anything else and you're the other. That means that our tribe grows as theirs shrinks. They're doomed and they know it. They know it. The future belongs to diversity. It belongs to people who embrace the rainbow. It belongs to people who understand that we are all brothers and sisters. Those who thought they could stand outside that are standing on the beach, yelling at the tide, begging it not to come in, and they're doomed. Looks like a tsunami to me, sir. That's right. That's right. That must be a, one of them there tsunamis. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, with that said, of course, thank you. I, I honestly had no idea that I'd be able to get you guys on for a conversation because I know, you know, schedules are crazy. So ask. You guys were good. Isn't it amazing what, what happens if you ask? Yes. You know, just, I was just like, hey, uh, y'all want to do a show? Sure. <laughs> and you take care of yourself, so, buddy. So, yeah. So um, I'm going to I'm gonna watch Prey. <laughs> I watched yeah. Prey. I watched Prey last night. I have thoughts. My wife and I were like, ah, so we got we got thoughts. So I'm, okay, I'm not gonna say anything, but I I can't wait I can't wait to have a better conversation about that. But you guys take care. Where our next podcast is gonna be about? Nope. Ooh, I, I, like about nope. I still gotta see it. I still gotta see it. I, All right. I, 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 I loved it. I loved it. Just so did I. Loved it. So yeah, absolutely, I love Jordan Peele. I think he is doing extraordinarily important work, and the double mm -hmm. team of Black Panther and Jordan Peele are a game changer. 
You can't put that genie back. You just cannot. And I'm very happy. Take care, brothers. Have a Be good well. Day. Take it bye easy. Bye. Take it easy. Good night. Thanks for hey, hold on. We got we got the little guy. He wants he wants to. He I know. All right. So everybody who's watching any R D S O U L Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, podcast, all that jazz, all the places. Say I love. We love you. Guys. We're building a better world for you. We expect you to go out and do great things. Say thank you. Say, say, I love all y'all. Bye bye. So y'all be good. All right, peace. Now go on, put, put your. Uh, 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 hold up, don't go, don't go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bye bye.